For most people in recovery, say a 12-step group like Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, uh, Codependents Anonymous, Al-Anon, various and sundry 12-step groups, uh, they will agree that spirituality is everything. In fact, uh, most veterans of these programs will readily admit that uh, the 12 steps are a pathway to spirituality. Now, what I have discovered, however, in my own uh, 25-plus years of recovery, is that spirituality can be very subjective. And so, when they say that you must have a spiritual awakening and then continue to um, expand that spiritual awakening experience uh, in order to stay clean and sober, um, it's very abstract. It's very undefined. And so it becomes very subjective. And the problem with subjective spirituality is, well, it's subjective. It's, it's something that's, that's defined by the same mind that got you drunk or loaded or in compulsive behavior in the first place. So when people in 12-step groups talk about their need uh, for a higher power, uh, is, and I, I love these people. And if you're in a 12-step group, I, I want you to know I'm saying this with deep love and devotion and compassion and respect for you. Uh, my, my, what drives me is not to, to dismiss any benefit that you get from your 12-step group. I was a member and ha- and still consider myself a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and Codependence Anonymous. And I still have good friends in those programs. Uh, uh, my wife and I are having dinner uh, with uh, people who are instrumental in founding, uh, founding the program of Codependence Anonymous uh, next week. So, I mean, we, we are still involved. I'm only trying to help you understand that spirituality that is wholly subjective, where you can choose a doorknob or, uh, or, or some other inanimate object as your higher power, uh, may sound good in, in theory, but it doesn't work out. Uh, the problem is with subjective 12-step spirituality is that it ends up looking a lot like you. It's really just recreating your higher power in your own image. And so you end up with a higher power that is really something, a figment of your own imagination. And I say this as a veteran of Alcoholics Anonymous, that is folly. You cannot use the same thinking to find the solution to the problem that that thinking created in the first place. Let me just share with you what I mean by that. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, Paul says this, But a natural man does not accept the depths of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned or spiritually examined. But he who is spiritual examines all things, yet he himself is examined by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he will direct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So, the concern here is that the natural mind 
the mind that is has yet to be converted along with the will in the heart cannot will never be able to develop an effective spirituality you can speculate you can uh, sign on to some philosophical view of spirituality but it really will not keep you clean and sober let alone give you peace of mind that you need let me uh turn to Romans 8 to give you another idea of what I'm referring to here. <clears throat> he says in Romans 8, I'm just going to read beginning with verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation, hallelujah, for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death, and of death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, so that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Uh, Paul's saying very clearly here that, that we cannot effectively use the law or our own fleshly resources to gain any hope of acceptance with God, let alone a spirituality, a living, talking, daily spirituality. It just won't work. So, um, verse 5, For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Now, the NIV helps us with this, saying it's the realm of the flesh and the realm of the Spirit. If you are in Christ, you are no longer in the realm of the flesh. You are now in the realm of the Spirit. But those who remain in the realm of the flesh, no matter how many times, no matter how often, and how sincerely they work the 12 steps, are not going to find a genuine, transformative, uh, freeing experience from sin. It's just not going to happen. And that's what my concern is for you. That's why I'm pleading with you to recognize that you must, your spirituality must be grounded in your uh, life that flows from the work of the Spirit. I've said before, the Father chooses, and the Son redeems whom the Father chooses. And the Spirit, it is the Spirit through the hearing of the gospel that regenerates the heart, mind, and will so that we are dead in trespasses and sins are then made alive and united with Christ so that the Spirit takes up his residence within us, seals us for a redemption that is present day, that is experiential in the moment, but is also yet to be fully realized so that we have the basis then for a genuine spirituality. I can say it this way. The only person who's ever going to have a chance to genuinely recover is a person who recognizes the shipwreck that they are. And they can't just patch up the old ship and put up a sail called spirituality and expect to even get out of port. And the fact that they're shipwrecked upon the shore means that they need a new ship. 
They need a new means by which they can go out back out to sea and get to their homeland. Uh, you, you need to have a new awakening, a new life. This is why, of course, Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. You're in such a state that you got to start over. There has to be a new creation. There has to be something wholly new. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have, are made new. Okay, let's go forward. Um, for verse 6, for the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. That's what I want for you, is to be able to gain life and peace. Because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. So much for free will, huh? And those who are in the flesh are not able to please God. Now, again, these are absolutes. You're either in the flesh as an unbeliever, or you're in the realm of the Spirit as a Christian. And you don't move in between the two. I've had Christians say, well, you know, I really had a bad day on Wednesday. I kicked the dog. I yelled at my neighbor. I had a bad day at work. I, I got pulled over and got a ticket. I came home, burned the dinner. I was really in the flesh that day. No, all those things may have happened, but it doesn't mean because you were in the flesh that day. It just means you had a bad day. But you And everybody does from time to time. Listen, we are in the realm of the Spirit. And it isn't because of something we did. It's because God said in the Colossians chapter 1, we're told that God has, has transferred us from the realm or the kingdom of, of Satan, from the domain of Satan, into the kingdom of God's dear Son. And that isn't someplace then the bridge is between the two of them and you by your free will or your actions can move back and forth and back and forth. No, no, no. We've been transferred. The title deed to your life and who you are, you are now God's possession. Satan no longer has a claim upon you. You belong to God. And that's why he says in verse 9, However, you, speaking to those who are in Christ, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Now, he's speaking there, of course, of the now and the not yet. You are now in Christ. You are now in the realm of the Spirit. And it is not yet fully realized. And he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. One day our our redemption will be fully realized when we have new bodies and we are in a new heaven and a new earth and we're joyfully living out our redemption fully realized in, in eternity. Everything that God ever designed for humanity to be for eternity is realized in Christ, Christ Jesus already and being worked out in our life and will be fully realized in us too when he comes for us. 
So then, brothers, we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. See, that's true spirituality. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. You can claim to be spiritual. You can, we all know the world's religions all claim to offer you a spiritual path. Even many supposed Christian religions seem to offer you a spiritual path to God. But that's not Christianity. Biblical Christianity is what God has done for you, to you, for your, on your behalf. So then, brothers, we are under obligation not to the flesh. We don't have to drink, use, be promiscuous, be compulsive. We don't have to try to control others anymore. We don't have to act out in the works of the flesh. We're not obligated anymore. Think of that. When we were in the flesh, when we were in our sins, we were obligated. We, we, we did not have free choice. We did what we did because we wanted to do it. But it was because we were enslaved to sin. But now you are not. You, but if by the Spirit you are putting to death the practices of the body, you will live. Verse 14. For as many as are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. There you go. That's the essence of spirituality. True spirituality. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. The context dictates that it means fear of living under the law, trying to relate to God on the basis of law. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, and as children, also heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, so that we also may be glorified with him. Listen, End quote, by the way. <laughs> True spirituality is a result of union with Christ. True spirituality has everything to do of our union with Christ and the continuing, ever-increasing, progressive working out of that conformity to him. True spirituality is Christ-centered spirituality because it's in his image that you are being conformed. You were once in Adam, now you are in Christ. You once behaved like Adam, but now you are in Christ and learning to behave like him. Those who say they are in Christ ought to walk as Christ walked, ought to live as Christ lived. So who can be spiritual? How, if, and it is true, the principle is solid, that you must have a spiritual awakening in order to get clean and sober and have functional, healthy relationships. But how and on what basis do we attain to a spiritual awakening? How and what basis do we live the spiritual life? And so we've just said it. True spirituality is something that God has done in us, for us, to us, in his Son. In the Christian life, the life of recovery for a Christian is about ever-increasing conformity to the image of Christ. This is the glorious mystery and the glorious 
source and ground of your joy is that God has not only forgiven us our sins in his Son, but he has adopted us to sonship so that Jesus shares his relationship with his Father with us. We are not just children of God in some Hallmark card sentimentality. We are true children of God. And let me close now with one other text. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. See how great a love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And we are. For this reason the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not been manifested as yet what we will be. We know that when he is manifested, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. See, it's all about him. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him, where is your hope fixed today? purifies himself just as he is pure. The spiritual life that you so desperately need to recover and stay clean and sober is grounded in the life of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The reconciliation, the regeneration, and the renewal that only comes by you being united to Christ on the basis of grace alone, through faith alone. Hear this. Note this. Pray about this. Send me an email if you have any questions at counterrecovery at gmail.com. May the Lord make these things real to you, and may you come to know the joy of true spirituality in Jesus Christ. Amen.